What a bizarre week. And it's only Thursday. We're only a little bit of the way through this tournament. The Big 12, what is going on with Big 12 coaches? I've never seen anything like this, including some news very dear to our, no pun intended, heart with Bill Self. We're going to talk all about that. And the Jayhawks going out and getting a resilient win for their coach, uh, whose status is up in the air. One thing definitely not up in the air, which is Kansas owns West Virginia and all places not named Morgantown. This is Inside the Paint Big 12 Quarterfinal Thursday Edition on RockChalkBlog.com. I'm Ryan Landreth. And I'm Nick Wipert. Nick, we don't have Landon today. If uh, if I was going to say three's company and two's a crowd, so uh, we, we're a crowd today because we don't have Landon. What do you think he's doing? Uh, he's at a, uh, he told us he's at a concert, so maybe he's out on a date with someone. I wonder if he's out there singing this song. Norm Roberts. Norm's to myself. Because Norm Roberts is now 5-0 and as the coach of the Kansas Basketball Jayhawks. We're going to talk about all those things. You know that. You know what we do on this show. Before we get into the Kansas recap, just because there really isn't a great place to talk about this. There's not a certain segment. We'll go ahead and talk about Bill Self, who news came out this morning that he would miss today's game against West Virginia. Later, we've learned he's very likely to miss the entirety of the Big 12 tournament because of a health situation. He was taken to KU Medical Center um, and is dealing with what has been what was quote a vascular issue. They said it was not a heart attack, which was kind of rumored around a little bit. But he's getting medical attention, and his basketball team's going to be without him this week. Uh, your thoughts? What what was what, what went through your mind when you got up and you thought? I I know how all of us work. We thought ah uh, we're gonna have a normal Big Twelve tournament without an injury or a health crisis for a KU player this year, and instead it's the coach because it's somebody every year. Your thoughts on all that? Yeah, I mean you you go back to the COVID year tournament getting canceled then, and then you know you go back was wasn't Udoka hurt at right during the Big Twelve tournament or right before? Uh, yeah, Udoka sprained a knee ligament uh, there. You had Josh Jackson kicking out a taillight and getting suspended. You had Never Joel that. Embiid getting hurt. You had Cliff Alexander being ineligible. You already touched on uh, on David McCormick getting COVID is another one. You already touched on Doak. And yeah, and, and then remember, they had a whole, they, they had to pull out of a tournament a couple years ago because the whole team had too many COVID cases. Always weird shenanigans in the Big 12 tournament, though no, you can say what you want about the 2020 tournament getting canceled, I suppose, but none of them besides that one anywhere near as scary as the issue that we saw with Bill Self. Yeah, I, I yeah, I mean, the whole Bill Self thing, you know, it's good to hear these progressing and that there's good news and that this seemed to be more preventative than anything and yeah i mean like just hearing that news is pretty shocking you know every time it's like oh because yesterday it's like oh you, you know ryan texts me saying that mark adams is fired and then tcu's coach might be uh dealing with some stuff too that's not very kind and i don't know it's just uh been a bad week for big 12 coaches i guess and it's been just a weird one yeah we'll talk about all the weird stuff that's going on with some of the other coaches uh, but there really wasn't a whole lot of information that was made public, obviously, with respect to the Self family in Kansas. Uh, you know, it's it's none of none of anybody in the media. It's none of anybody in the fan base's business what's going on with Bill Self's health. But the statement that came out from Kansas just simply says, this is the official word, KU men's basketball coach Bill Self is a patient at the University of Kansas Health System. 
So the chief medical officer wanted to clarify that Coach Self did not suffer a heart attack, as reported by some media. He arrived at the emergency department on Wednesday night and underwent a standard procedure that went well. He is expected to make a full recovery. So the information there, there's a lot of room to speculate. A couple people have rumored that there could have been a potential blockage or an early sign of a heart problem that had not yet come to fruition. Anyone's guess what the what the term uh, medical procedure could be. But yeah, it's realistic to think that, that Kansas is not going to have Bill Self for this tournament. Mick Schaefer, the Channel 41 uh, main sports guy, uh, said that it's very likely that he will not coach in this tournament. And Kansas is going to be playing NCAA tournament games one week from now. Obviously, Norm Roberts being 5-0 is great. He's awesome to have uh, one of the best assistant coaches in college basketball. And you could do a lot worse if your head coach is going to go down than to have this man be your interim coach for a little bit. Uh, but they're definitely going to want Bill Self back as soon as possible. Possible once you start getting into these better teams with the later round matchups. Uh, I, I, I was going to ask you if you think Self will coach in the NCAA tournament, but there really is no way to know that. You at least have optimism, yeah, after hearing that. Yeah, for sure. So we'll see. Uh, but for now, they have who they have, and uh, what we have is a Jayhawk win to talk about. So I will leave it at this. Best wishes, Best hopes to the Self family. He, he's gotten a lot of support from around the uh, from around the league and, and media personnel. Scott Drew had a really nice uh, blurb that he said about Bill Self to open his press conference today. Bob Huggins said some really nice things. Uh, obviously, Bill Self is a very respected individual in the around the sport and here in Kansas. And uh, whenever we find out more information, which we'll be doing a podcast again tomorrow night, hopefully then we've received uh, a significantly positive update. All right, let's talk about the game. Top seed, number one, Kansas, 78. Number eight, West Virginia, 61. Well, I, I want to ask how this game went. It never really felt like one they were going to lose, but the line opens up as KU minus three, which is really small. Like, I don't know. Th was this ever a game you thought would be that close? That didn't make a lot of sense to me. I mean, you always seem to make the point that it's hard to beat a team three times in one season. So maybe there's some, some skepticism there if KU could do that. Obviously, the Big 12 tournament, you know, West Virginia played really well yesterday, um, and they're a really good team. I really, I think they're a sleeper team to, you know, as a 10 seed going into the tournament to, to, to beat a two seed in the second round of the tournament. I think they're that good. But um, so I, I, I'm not surprised the line was like this. I think all the other games in the Big 12 tournament were pretty close as well, even the Texas Oklahoma State line. So uh, yeah. We just got done with the uh, with the Kansas Texas game where everybody was wondering which are we gonna get? Are we gonna get an inspired, free flowing Kansas team with nothing to play for that has fun, or are we gonna get a disinterested one? Right? We just went back and forth with that. Kind of the same thing today with the Kansas West Virginia game. It was they just found out less than twelve hours before the game that their coach isn't gonna be there because of a heart issue. Uh, and then we had, you know, is that going to mean a very distracted team that we have no idea really our focus isn't on basketball? Or are we going to get a really inspired win one for the Gipper sort of performance? And I don't know if we really had either one because they're just a lot better than West Virginia. So I'm not really sure that that, that was. I think they played well and I think they showed some guts. Uh, but I also think that they could have beaten West Virginia with a less than inspired effort as well. Your game story, the Jayhawks used a 12-0 run halfway through the first half to grab control of this contest. And they led for the entirety of the second half. 
Eventually, they pulled away and made what was a decently close game appear to be a total blowout, winning by 17 points over a West Virginia team that they've dominated over the years in this tournament. What was your initial thoughts about this win? It's a 17-point win. That's very good. It's another quad one win for the nation's leader in quad one wins. Your thoughts on this victory? I thought it was great. I thought they played really outside of the beginning of the game, you know, off to a slow start again. They played fantastic. You know, it's great to see Grady Dick get back into a rhythm after this pretty long slump that he's been having. Uh, it started the, the game started that it was going to look like it was going to continue, but I uh, started hitting some shots. I think it's going to be huge for his confidence going forward in the postseason. Obviously, Jalen Wilson returned back to form. He was fantastic in this game. Kevin McCuller, you know, not completely there, obviously fighting through that back spasms or whatever's going on with him. Uh, but overall, really impressed with KJ Adams in this game. Thought Ernest did a good job coming off the bench. So the big situation looked good, uh, which it has against West Virginia. Not a huge uh, front court presence from West Virginia. Not really uh, established big men. Um, and, and I think Kansas was able to exploit that. Uh, a couple of really nice dunks from KJ as well um, and from Lynn Lobbs. So I, I thought this was a great game considering all the circumstances, you know, a three-point line. Winning by 17, you'll certainly take it in a winner-go-home Big 12 tournament. For sure, yeah. I think my biggest takeaway was I thought the defense was great, especially in that first half. West Virginia barely made it to 20 points in the first half, and it felt like that they had to hit some really high degree of difficulty shots just to get there. KU's defense was exceptional, and then the offense got going in the second half. They put 47 points on the board in the second half, uh, so I thought each half featured one of the two uh, the phases of the game, the defense and then the offense, taking turns being good, and West Virginia is not going to be mistaken for that Duke team that had Zion Williamson a couple years ago or anything, but they're a very solid a team probably as you said an 8-9 team that's gonna I, I wouldn't want to play them in the second round of the NCAA tournament they feel more like a uh, a sweet 16 opponent that slips on through I think the big 12 is just so good well imagine being told at the beginning of the year that here we uh, being told one year ago today hey so next year on March 9th Norm Roberts is going to have more quad one wins at Kansas than North Carolina <laughs> Oh, that is hilarious. I mean, credit to Norm. Norm has done a great job. Five games, he's won them all. Beat Duke, obviously, early in the year. Got West Virginia, and they're going to need Norm to uh, keep that streak up because uh, he's going to be their coach for at least the next one game. All right, let's talk about... Uh, granted, Norm's job is a lot easier whenever he has a first-team All-American leading his team. Tell me about KU's leading scorer. Yeah, uh, Jalen Wilson... Uh, their best player started one for five from the floor, but then took off towards the end of the first half. Ended up scoring 22 points and had 11 rebounds for a double-double. He made eight of his final 12 shots to finish nine for 17 from the floor in 37 minutes. On a day when Kansas didn't have their coach, they surely leaned on Wilson and his leadership, uh, and he did just that. Absolutely love Jalen Wilson. Been saying this all year that he is as good of a leader and as good of a character personality that you can have on your team and you can bet your bottom dollar that whenever there's some of the younger guys you lose your coach there's some adversity there they're all looking at Jalen Wilson a guy who's played in the biggest games that you can possibly play in in this sport a guy who is their leader and he really put the team on his back it's not a coincidence that they started to get going when he started going 
Uh, and yeah, just a really good performance by Wilson, who's the first team All-American awards have started coming in this week. I believe Sporting News was the first one that tabbed him a first team All-American. Those are going to keep going. I expect him to be a unanimous All-American uh, whenever all is said and done. Big 12 Player of the Year and has a chance to add to what is already a national champion resume. Just a terrific performance for him. Okay, let's talk about brackets, which is on everybody's mind. We're going to have a bracket 72 hours from now, uh, but for now, we're still speculating. So Joe Lenardi has Kansas as of the end of the day Thursday as the number one overall seed in his field. That is obviously, if you're the number one overall seed, you're going to be the number one in the Midwest region, which is so big for Kansas. Where do you think they sit right now, and what do you think they have to do to really gain that stranglehold on the number one seed in the Midwest? Yeah, I don't think right now they're sitting with the number one overall seed in the tournament. I still think uh, uh, this is my opinion is that they should be in the number one overall seed, but right now I think the committee is going to uh, slot Houston over Kansas, and then Kansas, and then Alabama after them. So I think that the biggest thing is can the competition is going to be Kansas and Houston. Uh, what, what, regardless of what happens with Alabama in the SEC tournament, I don't think it matters. KU, to get the number one overall seed, I believe they will have to win uh, the Big 12 championship. I, I think that, especially considering the committee is going to look at Houston, and this is they're going to look at the Ken Palm, that they're number one. They're going to look at Houston having just two losses presumably because they don't play in a real conference and they're going to win their conference tournament probably and they're going to see Kansas with seven losses I think they would favor Houston to get the number one overall seed I I guess I understand for on the last show I was kind of confused that you guys assuming that Houston would want to be in the Midwest but I guess it does make more sense Kansas City's a little bit closer than Louisville if they had the choice um but yeah that would surely suck for Kansas if they win tomorrow and uh, losing the championship game, and then they still end up getting the second overall seed instead of the number one overall seed. Like I said, I think they need to win it out. They get to eight to what eighteen quadrant one wins. There's undisputed there. I think even if you win tomorrow and get seventeen, I think there's still uh, it's going to be a very hard deliberation process for the committee to not put them number one overall. Joe Lenardi currently has them number one overall, and Jerry Palm has them in the East, which makes no sense to me. Yes, Why would Jerry Kansas Palm be in you. the East? And uh, instead of the West, they're not the fourth overall number one seed, regardless of what that guy who needs to cut his hair thinks. <laughs> okay, I'm going to give you a few different scenarios, and I want you to tell me uh, after each of these scenarios who is the, going to be, who would be uh, the number one overall seed in each of these. All right, uh, Kansas yeah. and Houston both win their conference tournaments. Kansas. Kansas makes the finals, loses to Texas, and Houston wins theirs. Houston. Barely, both barely. teams both teams lose in the championship games. Kansas. I don't think that Houston can afford to lose to keep the number one overall seed. Okay. So you're basically saying you think that as long as Kansas goes as far, if not further, than Houston in their tournaments, they should be the number one overall seed. They just yeah. can't get eliminated uh, yeah. in a round before Houston does. Or, I mean, just in general, like, if Houston loses, they're going to be number one overall seed. Kansas needs to get to the championship game to even be in the discussion. Uh, and then it's down to, does Houston win? Does Kansas win? If Houston wins and Kansas doesn't win in the championship, then it's going to go to Houston. Yeah, I think I think that that's probably correct. And 
Houston, uh, it, it blows that Houston would want the Midwest. Normally, they're competing against a team that would prefer, you know, the South or the West or something. Like, Gonzaga's always up here. We never have to worry about them with geographic priorities. So, hopefully, Kansas can take care of their business because I agree. Two more wins and a Big 12 championship, and they are definitely the number one overall seed. All right, K.J. Adams, he scored 13 points, 6 of 9 from the floor in 30 minutes. There was a lot of good and some bad here. Uh, the good was that he had four or five electric dunks. Just a, an ode to like one of Jamari Trailer's NCAA tournament games where just came out of nowhere for all these dunks that got the crowd on their feet every time. Seemingly every one of those dunks came at a time where West Virginia had closed the gap to just a couple of possessions and Adams helped push it back out. The bad was that Adams had just three rebounds in 30 minutes and he was one for four at the free throw line. Not right there. How would you assess the performance of KU's starting center? Uh, I, like I said, I alluded to in the intro, I think that he played fantastic. Really just more assertive in this game. I don't know if it had to do with the the match against uh, West Virginia and their undersized team, um, but I think that he looked great. He he was polished. Usually my biggest concern with KJ, at least in the past, has been his inability to score at the rim sometimes uh, or go up strong um, get the or even get offensive rebounds. And In this game, got more re- uh, just three round rebounds, but when he did, I think it was effective. Um, but I think that he played great for, for understanding the circumstances. Uh, didn't get into fa- a significant foul trouble for most of this game. And yeah, just I think that the the lobs were crisp to him. I think that Ernest Uday, can ball can be thrown up wherever, he, wherever he's at around the rim and he'll be able to take it down. KJ, I think the passes need to be a little bit more you know on the point for him to get those lobs that KU likes to run. But I think that he looked great. I'm definitely happy to see that this big situation is kind of starting to trend it seems like the backcourt is more of a problem right now than the front court is which seems to be a, a better problem for kansas um but yeah i think that it's he's trending up at, at the right time well trending up they don't need to trend up because they're always up when it comes to playing West Virginia. in the big 12 tournament uh kansas is or now in s- or yeah especially there Kansas is 17-2 and in the quarterfinals of the Big 12 tournament in the Bill Self era. And they are 5-0 the against uh, Baylor in 08-09 when a bunch of threes got made. And the TCU game where Josh Jackson didn't play and they would have won if uh, Svee didn't foul the dude in the corner at the very end. You're psychotic. That's, a, that's <laughs> an encyclopedia right there. I can I remember definitely all the losses. There is there's no doubt there. There also aren't very many of them to remember when there's only two in twenty years. Kansas, there's not two losses in the how many times have they lost to West Virginia category in this event. Kansas five and zero. Oh Unless you're talking about Morgantown. That's true. Then there's lots. Uh, but it's been they've all been recent too. Kansas uh, has ended West Virginia's Big Twelve tournament run in five of the last seven Big Twelve tournaments. There's championship games, there's semifinals, there's quarterfinals. They've gotten them everywhere. Insane how much they've owned this team. And I believe all five Big 12 tournament wins for Kansas over the Mountaineers have come by double digits. None of them have even been that close. That's that's crazy. Um, a reason why this one was in double digits was because of the point guards. Some good, some not so good. Go ahead and tell me about, uh, well, all of it. Point guard time. Yeah, uh, Dewan Harris was fantastic, scoring 13 points and 6 for 11 from the floor in 38 minutes. He had 8 assists, 5 steals, 2 turnovers. The backup point guards 
We're a mixed bag. Joe Yesfu uh, did his best Steph Curry impression. He went 17 for 17 from three. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I actually read that wrong. He actually scored seven points in 60 minutes. That, that seven seems a little bit high. He was three for seven from the floor. I think Ryan forgot to add a zero after the seven. Uh, <laughs> Bobby Pettiford did nothing in six minutes except for whatever the heck the last play of the first half was where he, he dribbled it yeah. off his foot. Uh, it was almost like KU's final possession at Kansas State in overtime uh, when the P just dribbled down their legs. So um, yep. typically, maybe it was because of Bill Self's absence that the, the that, that last final possession was so bad, but I don't know. Bobby Pettiford is just nothing. I thought Pettiford would be better, too. He's been disappointing for me this year. There, There's moments where he doesn't look like a D1 guard. Uh, just I'm not really sure what he brings to the table for this team, especially whenever he's on the court. It's because DeWan Harris isn't, and there's just such a noticeable offensive drop-off there. Harris's stats are just insane. Like Every every couple weeks, I see in his last five games, Harris has a million assists and only three turnovers stat. And you can take like any stretch of games he's had, and that seems to still be the case. He's he's terrific. Uh, and he, I mean, in this game, he did not make a three pointer, and he still found ways to score. As you said, thirteen points, had a great assist to turnover ratio. Just so much to like about Dewan Harris's game. Yes, Afu. Well, I mean, I don't know if McCuller starts against Iowa State or not. I would suspect he probably does, but. Yeah, Yesufu's never seen a shot he didn't like. That's for darn sure. Uh, the refs have, oh, the refs have never seen a foul that they didn't like because in this particular game, they called 18 fouls on Kansas and 11 on West Virginia. But I couldn't help but notice Twitter and Bob Huggins were very quiet at the end of this game. We're not going to complain about the officials when that happens. Uh, what was your assessment of how they did? Uh, for the most part, I think it was it was a, a good officiating performance. I didn't think there were were too many egregious calls i mean it didn't really affect the outcome because kansas is going to win this game anyways it was pretty clear down the stretch so uh it was definitely officiated better than the game after that because the texas game my goodness um rodney terry got a technical foul uh for doing nothing appeared so yep um yep and then there's been some some uh salty calls in the tcuk state game to say the least so far as well uh, we've seen some just, don't worry, we're going to see plenty of apocalyptic officiating moments. I think this was the first game I've ever watched. I cannot think of another one where there were zero fouls called at the first TV timeout. That was very nice. The first half had a nice flow to it. Joe Yesifu got, got body bagged at one point and they didn't call it over the back. And I was like, Hey, you know what? I don't mind that. Cause they're not calling anything, but they did call a lot on Kansas. So I just want that to put another one in that Kansas does not get all the calls column that only Kansas fans seem to think exists. Okay. Let's talk about I'm, Grady Dick. I'm being told, just hold on, hold on. I just got a note that, uh, there's actually the clown convention is going on, uh, in Kansas city right now at the, uh, uh, Union Station, so I think that they might have gotten the clowns mixed in with the Big 12 officials. That would that would explain a lot. And don't worry, because if you don't think there was enough clown moments to make that joke today, just wait till you see what those jerks have up their sleeves for the semifinal round. It's gonna be dicey, because you know uh, you know John Higgins is walking through that door. And uh, yeah, I know that I know I recognized a couple officials in that Texas Oklahoma State game, and uh, I'm not surprised. If only John Higgins tripped over that nail that was sticking out of the floor. It's kidding. Yeah, how does that even happen? How how in the world? You <laughs> I know, another I'm, nail drilled into the floor. I didn't either. Yeah, I had no idea. You know, we have uh, the the Big Twelve. I'm sure you've seen. Have you seen all the foods that the Big Twelve tournament has? 
They're talking no. about this all the time. I can't believe you haven't heard about this. How each of the ten teams has like a food item, and and oh, I think it's one of them. I don't know if it's Kansas State or TCU. Uh, one of them has a hot dog with like purple relish on it, and it looks absolutely awful. Yeah, here it is. Big Twelve tournament features uh, uh, school themed menu items. I'm, I'm looking at the slideshow here. A lot of them are very lazy. Like Baylor's is an is a Dr Pepper float. Iowa State's was a cyclone tenderloin that they were out of all the vegetables they put on it apparently today, so they were just giving people a tenderloin with mustard on it. Uh, Kansas's is Jayhawk mac and cheese, uh, which is a signature. Yeah, Kansas State's. Kansas State's is a Wabash cannon dog that is a jumbo hot dog wrapped with bacon and wildcat purple relish, and it looked awful in the in the uh, tweets that were being posted <laughs> yeah, just, to the internet. I'm looking at the photo of it. It looks pretty bad. Yeah, it looks so unappetizing. Uh, so the Big 12 is focused Speaking on of wieners, Grady and... Dick stats. No, I'm joking. <laughs> we have Brett Yormark who put all the media members so high up in the <laughs> arena that they couldn't even see it because they want those big money tickets available. Yeah, they're... Hey, they're I the... mean, I mean, if Jesse Newell's getting relegated to the rafters, I mean, are we really complaining... Yeah, no, the media deserves to kind of be put in their place a little, but that's cool. But just that they're definitely making moves. I think that they had, I think they've had halftime performances at all these games too. They've had a couple of rap performances and they're trying to make the game more appealing to younger people. I've heard over and over again. Well, having purple hot dogs uh, do it remains to be seen. We'll see. For the record, right. I think the Texas Tech Mask Rider Burger looks the best out of all the uh, 10 options, but I know I, don't, I have no idea what's. I have no idea what's going on with the West Virginia Mountaineer roll. It, it's like a pastrami <laughs> or something. I don't I know mean, if I, if I had to that. eat. If I had to eat one of these, I think I'd roll with the Baylor float because it seems really hard to mess up a Dr. Pepper vanilla ice cream float. Uh, I'm with you. The Texas Tech burger looks good. Fran Fraschilla and uh, and whoever he was announcing with last night in the Wednesday night games, they were eating those. That looked good. And Kansas's back or Kansas barbecue mac and cheese looked pretty darn good. I think too. I I know I'm biased, but that looks pretty good. Uh, can't say I'm, I'm a huge fan of the TCU loaded tots with all the stuff that's on top of that. And Landon and I have become ill from eating bad Sprint Center food before. So God only hope that the, the, that the bless the these people nor, that are eating the, these. The Oklahoma tostada doesn't look terrible. It Is that the pepperoni thing? Is that like the pepperoni no, like pizza thing? Or, that's or what is that's that? the... Uh, that's the uh, fry bread with uh, ground beef, shredded lettuce, and tomatoes, onions, and chili. It's kind of the yeah. You're right. I'm seeing the West Virginia thing. Mountaineer roll is the sliced pepper. The, the West Virginia Mountaineer roll looks exactly like something you'd get in West Virginia. You know, the, it's a hot pocket. No, it's a it's a it, yeah. it's a twenty dollar hot pocket. I'm sure, <laughs> which is how the Big Twelve rolls. All right, let's talk about Grady Dick, who scored 18 points, making four threes on seven attempts in 36 minutes, which is a great line. But it's a little misleading because he didn't do anything hardly in the first half, just three points. And in the second half, he had 15 points. He didn't add much else to the stat card, but each of his threes came at a pivotal moment for the Jayhawks. Their offensive upside is so much better when he's hitting shots. You got to feel pretty good as we start postseason play. Grady Dick shooting the ball really well, four for seven. Yeah, you know, Grady Dick has been. Uh, you know, we've talked about on the last show. You know, that someone posed the question of whether he was going. You know, we're concerned about his you know downturn, and we were. Um, but we needed to see something like this. I think heading into March Madness with 
a game like this is just going to be a huge confidence booster for him. He's been a streaky shooter all season. I think this might be a game that gets him back on the path of being more consistent, over 40% from three like he was earlier this season. Um, so I think that this is the perfect time for him to get back into his rhythm. I feel like Grady Dick and Jalen Wilson kind of needed these games to get refocused. And, uh, you know, just the psychology of the ball going into the hoop. Like I said, the first half, like you said, the first half didn't go in for Grady. Second half, it did. I think that's going to help him going forward. Yeah, I agree. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to stamp this on here like this is for sure it. But I do wonder if Kansas, a little bit like I think the Chiefs do sometimes, I think the Chiefs get bored down the stretch. You know, they almost lost to the Broncos and then they almost lost to the Texans. And there really isn't any reason for it. I just think they get kind of bored. They know they're going to be a player in the NCAA tournament slash NFL playoffs. And they just kind of put their season on cruise control mode until they get there. Then they get to the playoffs and we see the Chiefs always become razor focused in the playoffs. Same with the Jayhawks. I think that come late in the year, they know they're going to be a high seed. They know they're going to win the Big 12. I think they kind of just coast a little bit. And now that we're in that postseason, definitely not surprised to see guys like Wilson and Dick. Suddenly that focus appears to be even sharper uh, because they are locked in and ready to go. Well, Kansas's white guy of the game made four threes. The uh, West Virginia white guy of the game really didn't hurt him that much as we're done forever with Eric Stevenson. Oh, that apparently... Uh, see, this is where the new soundboard is hurting me because clicking the button again used to pause it. Now I guess it plays it again. Uh, can we get some hip-hip-array music going for Eric Stevenson never having to play the Jayhawks again? He kicked us in the nuts, and then he got hit in the nuts in this <laughs> game to end his Kansas Yeah, you, there is there is no doubt that uh, one time when trying to stop Jalen Wilson from making a basket, Eric Stevenson got hit right in the... Go! And it looked like it hurt. That poor man was was holding himself for about five minutes. And oof, one of my players. favorite memories of high school is freshman year of playing soccer. And one of my teammates got a ball right in the nuts, and he laid on the field for about twenty minutes. That's, That's how one of I imagine. Favorite being. memories? Not favorites. The funniest, you know, things you look back on in high school, and you, you just kind of chuckle at. It's um, always funny when it I happens to somebody how else. Painful that is. Yep. yep, that it's it looked it looked excruciating, but uh, also excruciating was if you're West Virginia, he never really got going, which was which was really nice. All right, let's talk about a guy who he didn't think was going to play. He did play, and he actually played quite a bit. Yeah, Kevin McCuller was rumored to be out before the game, uh, but he wound up playing 26 minutes off the bench, finished with three points and seven rebounds. His only basket came in the final minute in garbage time, and he was clearly grimacing and wincing in pain throughout the game with the back injury. Um, are we concerned here? I We always pose this question. I mean, I think it's in the long in the next few games, I don't think it's going to be a huge implication of if, if he's not 100%. I just hope that he's going to be 100% for the in, the real NCAA tournament, which I think he will with that you know week off or a little under a week off. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I'm definitely concerned because back spasms hurt like hell, man. Just because it doesn't say broken leg or torn at torn tendon or anything doesn't mean it don't hurt like one. I, I Kevin McCuller, I'm sure is 
Uh, he's clearly very tough. I don't think that anybody can doubt that. Playing through this, he, he was wearing a t-shirt under his jersey, and I'm, I think that was because every time he went to the bench, they had some sort of pad wrapped around him. I don't know if it was a heating pad or a massager or something, uh, but they were clearly trying to kind of keep him loose on the sidelines. He played way more than I thought he was going to play. I thought the plan entering this game was he was going to be active, but he was only going to play if Kansas like was in a dogfight in the final minutes. No, he was on the floor with two minutes left, and I would expect him to start on Thursday, on Friday if he was good enough to play 26 minutes here. But yeah, I'm definitely concerned anytime one of the most important pieces is not 100%. I'm with you. I don't think it's going to stop him from playing. His defense was still really good. The defense was much better with him in the game than without. Uh, but I do think they're going to need him to do more than one basket in the final seconds uh, if they want to beat Iowa State. So we'll see just how, how much that back hurts him 24 hours after playing a game on it. All right, let's talk about Ernest Uday, our last player to recap here. He missed his first shot since December, going one for two for two points and four rebounds in 10 minutes. Uh, Landon pointed out that a couple different times how good his footwork is on defense. He was out guarding a couple of backcourt members that forced turnovers in the first half. Appears to be a really high basketball IQ and all-around player. The talent is obvious. We'll see what he flourishes into throughout his career. But he also fouled four times in 10 minutes. Are you expecting him to make more of an impact against Iowa State? Yes. Uh, I think Iowa State, kind of like West Virginia, I, I, I was surprised he didn't have as much of an impact against West Virginia. But Iowa State is also one of those teams in the Big 12 that does not have a very, very menacing front court. They rely mostly on their guards. So I think that he's going to have a heyday tomorrow against Iowa State. Yes, I think you're going to see more Ernest Uday against Iowa State. So the thing is, whenever Kansas got blasted up in Ames, K.J. Adams was out of place quite a bit. He played hard, but you're, whenever you're dealing with Iowa State, had a couple of bigs, uh, Osinini, or however you say his name, Os, Osinini, or uh, whatever their, their main center's name is, uh, is a very typical back-to-the-basket sort of big that would be great to have a guy like Ernest Uday ready to take him on. Uh, and Iowa State's a much more traditional team than, than a lot of these teams that K.J. Adams, obviously not a traditional five-man. We're going to have to see if, uh, if, if it makes more of a difference, but I am expecting you to see quite a bit of Ernest Uday against the Cyclones. Uh, KU shot 52% from the floor, 35% from three, and just 42% at the line. Not their day, but also just five for 12. They didn't take very many of them. They were plus six on the glass, which is good to see. Kansas had been out-rebounded in their last few games, not in this game. Closing thoughts. They hammered a team. They were a three-point favorite, as you said. They win by 17. A very good performance by Kansas. They are in the semifinals for, I believe, what, what did we say that is, the 17th time in 19 Big 12 tournaments in the self-era. They're almost always here. Uh, how are you feeling about their chances of winning this tournament? I am feeling a lot more confident with the way this, this bracket shaked, shaked up, at least for the, on the Kansas side of the bracket. I uh, I think that Saturday is going to be a wild card. It's, it should be a great game. I think KU with the uh, home away from home and in, in the Sprint Center should help a little bit. But uh, I'm excited to see either if it's Texas, K-State, TCU. Uh, most likely, I think it's either going to be Texas or Kansas State by the time we're recording this. But I think it's going to be a, a great rematch um, and uh, definitely would cement Kansas' opportunity to get the number one overall seed against a Quadrant 1 opponent chance to get to 18 unprecedented no one no team has ever since they started doing this has gotten to 18 quadrant one wins that'll be the first so uh yeah lots to look forward to yep it's gonna be a good good 
uh, second half of the Big 12 tournament. Uh, Got to feel good about Kansas. Anytime you get a quad one win by almost 20 points, it's a great sign. Uh, and yeah, they're the nation's leader in quad one wins. I think they've already clinched that they're going to enter the tournament with the most quad one wins of anyone. I don't really know what the Bell South angle is going to look like. You know, they, they had an inspired performance today. Uh, there's going to be a moment coming up where you really wish you had Bill Self, and we'll just have to see what happens there. But uh, I'm with you. I think the bracket has shaped up pretty good for KU. Iowa State may very well beat Kansas, but I think that they're a much better matchup for Kansas than Baylor is. Uh, so not not sad to see uh, the more talented of those two teams be out of this tournament. And uh, yeah, we'll see. Kansas, nobody's won this tournament or played as well in this tournament as often as Kansas has. Uh, who else would you bet on at this point? If not them, then who? So we'll have to see how that go- plays out going forth. Big 12 tournament games. Well, we're not going to talk about the actual Wednesday night games because... They really weren't interesting. But there was some fallout from what happened at the conclusion of the West Virginia-Texas Tech game. We learned that Mark Adams, Texas Tech coach for the last two seasons, has stepped down and resigned as coach of the Red Raiders. Uh, I believe it was Jeff Goodman who came out and said that there were reports that many Texas Tech players said that they would not return if uh, Mark Adams was kept. That's freaking crazy. What are your thoughts on we thought we were going to get through a year without any turnover among the Big 12 coaches. Nope. That that just leads me to believe that wasn't the only incident that happened. I don't think that the entire team, especially like the relationships that player uh, that players and coaches form over the season, there must have been some disconnect with the players and the coaches throughout the season, and this just boiled over in this instance wherever the we weren't in the room we don't know exactly what was said but apparently racially charged stuff and uh, I don't know it's 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 interesting for sure um, I've you know heard rumors about Mark Adams you know potentially that he's you know married to his his a widow of a relative I don't know but definitely qu- he's a weird dude character he's yeah, definitely a weird dude we that's clear Yes, and the thing with Mark Adams is they went to the Sweet 16 last year, and then they had several guys transfer out. Kevin McCuller transferred to a conference rival, and everyone was like, he must suck. What a traitor. Nobody thought, huh, I wonder why he'd want to leave that program that he spent three years building. Well, I'm not saying Mark Adams was the reason, but I definitely think you have to scratch your head and wonder, is it part of it? And I also am going to come out and say, we all heard what Mark Adams was accused of saying. You're right. We didn't actually hear it. I'm going to just say that that one comment is not the only reason that Mark Adams got fired, essentially told to step down. Just a weird situation. I don't know what Texas Tech does now. Uh, obviously, they're not a Texas or a Kentucky that's going to be able to get whoever they want, but uh, they definitely have. They're, they're a high major program with the transfer portal being what it is. It's definitely not difficult to uh, start rebuilding your team in a hurry. Uh, so we'll we'll see exactly what happens. But I have a hard time believing uh, that that this wasn't a building situation that boiled over with the with what Mark Adams said in that report. So just a weird situation all the way around. Texas Tech they're a one and done in the Big Twelve tournament. Disappointing year for them. 
Oklahoma loses to Oklahoma State, who didn't exactly look inspired the next day either. Uh, and the result was, we're recording this in the second half of the TCU-Kansas State game, which it looks like it's going to be a really good finish. These other three games that we're going to recap, not a lot of them were uh, were really good. They Actually, none of them were good. Let's start with the one that was the closest. Number five, Iowa State, 78. Number four, Baylor, 72. Well, you know what they say, Nick. Once, no. Twice, no. Three, okay, you got evidence. We got evidence that Iowa State owns the Baylor Bears. Yeah, the game was tied with seven minutes left, but Iowa State ignited a 9-0 run to run away and hide from Baylor. The end result was the Cyclones' third win in three tries against the Bears this year. Gabe Kalsher was the hero with 24 points. Jalen Bridges made seven threes for Baylor. But Iowa State had an insane 44-17 to edge on the glass, Jeez. including 21 offensive rebounds. That's psychotic, man. 44-17 to in a college basketball game on the glass. Yeah, I I, I don't know. Are you, is Iowa State better than Baylor? I know they beat them three times, but eh. uh, I don't know. I, Baylor's slumping at the wrong, the the worst possible time, though. And Iowa State is just so scrappy. They're not particularly gushing with talent, but they play so hard, and they just do some terrific things. Uh, they play hard for their coach. They force a ton of turnovers. They rebound well, and uh, they it's they hold you to one shot per possession in case this game didn't tell you that. Just a crazy event that this Iowa State team beat Baylor three times by a total of 36 points in the regular season. They owned them in Waco. They owned them in Hilton, and now they beat them in a neutral setting. Uh, we, we, this, it's a safe space here. You know, you can, you can say this. You don't have to, uh, you don't have to, to hide if you're wrong. Do you think that Kansas should be happy that they're playing Iowa state instead of Baylor on Friday night? I think so. I think that, 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 that certainly I would believe so. Baylor's defense is so poor. Their offense is great. Their defense is awful. They could not get a stop at all whenever it mattered most. Uh, hence the 9-0 run. But yeah, good win for Iowa State, who every time they don't lose in the first round, they end up winning this tournament. Kansas and Iowa State, somebody wins it every year that's not COVID-affected and certainly could very well happen again this year with one of those teams going to play in the finals. Number two, Texas, 60. Number seven, Oklahoma State, 47. Well, we just got through some exciting stuff in the first game. Absolutely nothing exciting to talk about here, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, number two, Texas, like you said, 13-point win. They defense held the Cowboys to a hideous 28% shooting percentage, forced 19 Ugh. turnovers. My favorite name, Serge Barry Rice, got 15 points. You asked the question, is Oklahoma State a tournament team? I I No. They're 18-15. and 15. They scored 47 points in this game if they're in the tournament the field has too many there's too many automatic qualifiers in this stupid or not automatic uh at large bids in this stupid tournament yeah 14 uh baskets the 19 turnovers definitely doesn't scream ncaa tournament team uh let's look at oklahoma state's resume here because uh yeah you're right 18 and 15 so here's some, they have a whole bunch of trends working for, and some are working against them. Their best non-conference win, it's a bad list. Probably DePaul or Wichita State. Neither one of those teams is any good at all. They have a horrible non-con schedule, and they lost four times in non-conference play against that weak schedule in the first place. So here's the thing. Since the Big 12 expanded to the 18-game, everybody-plays-everybody-twice schedule 11 years ago, 
Every single team that has won at least eight conference games has wound up making the NCAA tournament as an at-large. Every one of them. But Oklahoma State's going to test that. One, because their non-con schedule sucks. And two, because they had nine games against the teams that finished first, second, third, and fourth in the conference. Nick, do you know how many of those nine games Oklahoma State won? Three. Zero. Zero. Oh, and nine against Kansas, Texas, K-State, and Baylor, who finished one through four in the conference. So they did get to eight wins. They were eight and two against teams that finished fifth place or worse. But God, did they suck big giant balls against anyone with a pulse. And I just really am not quite sure what to say. I, I don't think they'll wind up getting in if I'm guessing. That's my yeah, guess. No, you don't no. think they will either. No. Yeah, I think that they're out. Not an certainly um, not an inspiring win or a loss. Yeah. But yeah, they fifteen losses against this schedule, like fifteen losses against that non-conference schedule. That's just that just feels like too many to overcome. And then the other game, K State and TCU Horn Frogs currently lead by six uh, with fifteen minutes left. Hopefully, we'll have some more clarity on who's likely to win that by the time we get to pick them. For now, it is a dogfight in Kansas City. Uh, it should be a pretty good finish here. All right, let's go on to other games. Here, I'll lead off by talking about the ACC, which is everybody's favorite. Number 14, Miami, barely survived Wake Forest. The number 21, Duke, absolutely blew out Pittsburgh to set up a semifinal showdown between the best team in the conference and the most talented team in the conference. Then there's North Carolina, who lost by nine to number 13, Virginia, which should serve as a knockout punch for the Tar Heels tournament chances. They are 20 and 13 with a 1 and 10 record in quad one games. Nick, is there any chance we see this UNC team in the NCAA tournament on Selection Sunday? I think this should be considered. I think Hubert Davis is one of the best coaches I've ever seen. The way <laughs> he, he orchestrated the, half, not gonna the lie. way he the way he orchestrated a 16 point comeback in the national championship and turned around and went 10 and 1 against quadrant 1 opponents. Sorry, I, sorry. I mean, I I got that flipped around. I, I did sorry. Yeah, very much so backwards. Uh yeah, cuz I was going to say at that rate Hubert Davis you could say is 10 and 1 in quad 1 games this year. No, there's absolutely no defending North Carolina at this point. Preseason number 1 to out of the tournament, first team to ever do that. And they, they just are so poorly coached. Like watching Caleb Love and RJ Davis hoist threes with 21 seconds on the shot clock. What are you doing? It's like they're not even listening to their coach or it's like their coach doesn't know what he's doing. I think that Hubert Davis is gone within three years and I think they made a mistake hiring him. I don't care if they made the title game last year. They are done. And then Clemson looks like they're going to get the fourth one of the evening. They're beating NC State. So that's going to set up a final four game or the final four uh, in that ACC tournament are going to be the teams that finished one through four in the final standings. Yeah, and then moving on in the Big Ten, Rutgers beat Michigan to end the Wolverines' chances at a tournament berth. Uh, Ohio State beat both Wisconsin and Iowa to get to the quarterfinals as a 13 seed. Penn State likely punched their ticket by beating Illinois. Maryland likely uh, beat Minnesota in the fourth game of the night. We're speculating on that, but presumably. They're up They're up 10 in the second half. Yeah. Who do you think is going to win the Big Ten? Is it Purdue or the field? Uh, give me Purdue. Uh, the Big yeah, Ten's I think Purdue is 
I agree. I think Purdue is, is notably better. All right, let's go on to the Big East, where we almost had the biggest upset of the day. Despite trailing by 10 at halftime, number six Marquette rallied and survived in overtime against St. John's. Number 11, UConn, took down a slumping Providence team. Number 15, Xavier, needed every second to eventually get past DePaul. Sean Miller is not going to be at a uh, mid-major for much longer. He still one of the best coaches in college basketball. I think he's about to get one of the premier jobs, maybe Texas's job. And then Creighton is just blowing out Villanova. It looks like that all of Kansas fans' nightmares of having to deal with the Wildcats again, that's not going to happen because the Blue Jays are up 16 in the second half. We're probably just like in the uh, ACC tournament, probably getting the top four seeds as the final four in that tournament. Yep, and then uh, in the SEC, number seventeen Tennessee handled Ole Miss. Florida lost a overtime heartbreaker to Mississippi State. Arkansas upset Auburn, and Vanderbilt beat LSU. Pac twelve, nothing written term. there. Because that yep, conference nothing. is probably going to dissolve in two weeks when the uh, four-corner schools go to the Big 12. Yep, we've seen UCLA and Arizona, who are the top two seeds. They both have won their games. Um, Oregon held off Washington State. And then Arizona State-USC projects as what's going to be one of the best games of the night. Arizona State currently the last team in, according to Joe Lenardi. They desperately need to win there. USC has been the third best team in that conference. Uh, we won't know what happened. So I guess I could just lie to you and act like I do know what's going to happen. Wow, USC scored 175 points in regulation and beat Arizona State. That's amazing. Pac-12, yawn. But at least Bill Walton's on the call starting tomorrow night. So I will be watching because of that. Bill Walton is great. Uh, what is not great is the West Coast Conference. Uh, their Ugh. garbage conference full of garbage collectors. Uh, Dylan's grocery sackers. McDonald's <laughs> McFlurry makers. Uh, mm. Number nine, Gonzaga curb stomped. Uh, frauds, number 16, St. Mary's, to win the West Coast Conference title. Like anyone thought St. Oh, Mary's was Mary. actually good. They're yeah, ninth in the last 10 years. Nobody cares. Not a real conference. Kansas won 14 in the last Kansas won 16 in the last, what, 19 years. Uh, they won 77. That's tournament. 77 That's the tournament specifically. Oh, tournament, yeah. Okay, and yeah. nobody cares. Uh, the game was never close, and St. Mary should have shut the program down uh, because nobody <laughs> needs to watch that waste of a 6-seed lose to an 11 in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I think everyone's going to have that 11-seed uh, uh, Farley Dickinson circled in over St. Mary's. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. You, if there's one thing that this podcast correctly called, we said that uh, that a, a absolute ass was St. Mary's. It looked like for a while that they were maybe gonna gonna end Gonzaga's run. No, absolutely not. That team sucks. They're not making it to the Sweet 16. No chance. Gonzaga owns that league. And as much as we talk about Gonzaga, uh, they are starting to play really well. It's hard to know just how well because they don't have any competition in that league. But probably going to be a three, if not a two seed in the NCAA tournament. And I can't say they're at the very top of the list of schools I want to play. I don't think they're going to the Final Four, but they are playing pretty well right now. Kind of like Duke, a team that didn't start the year too hot compared to what their overall talent was and a team that you expect to play well heading into the tournament and they are doing just that ranked teams to lose since the last show it's a long list here nick I, you think we can handle this by ourselves today uh i don't know we got a pair of big boy pants on all right here i'll start number 10 baylor you gotta drop for this Scott Drew is a boo. Come on, Scott. You've been on this list way too often for my liking recently. They went down for the third time this year to Iowa State. Number 16, 
Oh, sorry. Oh. I was watching. Uh, my, I was I watching just, Mike Miles play I just, basketball. I was to Juan Harris and just threw well, you up a lob, and you were KJ yep. Adams and just missed it. I Joe Yesafood it. Okay, try that again. Um, number sixteen. Um, oh, Mary. They got not just they beat, lost, but just yeah to the king of the garbage sackers. Uh, the people you see on the side of the road working on the side of the road, the construction workers. Um, yeah, I mean, construction workers might be too high level for the people that work that play in that conference. Yeah, tip your cap to the people that you see pouring asphalt on the side of the road because they probably allowed Drew Temme to score 17 points in a WCC game at one point. That's probably what happened. We all did pretty well in Pick'em this week. Uh, this K-State TCU game is going to determine if uh, Landon and I are tied or if I have a two-game lead. I know it's going to shock you, but Landon is blowing a Pick'em lead. That never happens. No. <laughs> all right, time to blow the whistle and talk about Ask RCB, Nick's favorite. Hey, you know what? It's not too bad uh, this week, it looks like. There's there's a lot of pretty funny questions, and I don't believe very many of them are about basketball, which is great for a basketball that's great. podcast. Yeah. That's that's your favorite. All right, so here we lead off Ask RCB today as I scroll back and get the tweet. We lead off with at KU Tweets and News. Who was the worst free throw shooter, Yudoka or Ernest Uday? Yudoka was really bad. Yes, Udoka Azabuke was the worst free throw shooter I've ever seen play at Kansas, and one of the worst in college basketball history. He had what did he what did he finish at uh, like like forty three percent for his it career? Was I don't even know if it was that high. I think it was in the high thirties at one point. It was it was just dreadful. Uh, Uday really actually isn't horrible. I mean, he's not he's not shooting like forty percent, is he? Let's see what Ernest Uday is shooting this year. So at the free throw line, Ernest Uday before today was shooting, ooh, yeah, 43%. He is quite bad. Uh, it doesn't feel as bad, though. I don't know. He'll get better. He actually, like, the stroke is bad, but I have I have no doubt he'll get better. Um, next question from at Show Me Hawk. Do you think Kansas playing well under Norm Roberts would translate just the same if when Bill Self retires, let's say Jeremy Case is the next head coach? I don't know. What do you think? I don't really need to see another just promote the best assistant because that hasn't worked for Villanova. It hasn't worked for North Carolina. It hasn't worked for uh, Duke for the most part. And now Syracuse is doing it with Jim Beheim retiring too. Um, I don't think Kansas is going to do that. I think that whenever Bill Self retires, I think you will see a coaching search. Uh, I, I don't have any, I, I don't know why they would. Jeremy Case may be one of yeah. the upcoming coaches, but. I don't know. Yeah, I, don't, I, I, don't I think, think that, that they sense. will. They'll, they'll do a national coaching search. I think Travis Goff pretty much understands that. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I think Rodney Terry might be. Do you think Texas might keep Rodney, Rodney Terry? He hasn't been terrible. Yeah, I do think they're going to consider keeping Rodney Terry. But also, is Texas better now than they were at the beginning of the year? He took over a top 10 team, and they're now a top 10 team. I don't know. He's done a good job not letting the floor fall out on that program for sure. But I also don't really know if we can look at... It's not like he saved that program or anything like that. I don't know. I, I don't see any reason why uh, Rodney Terry would be... Uh, I don't need Rodney Terry to, to stay the coach of that team to avoid my feelings getting hurt. In fact, I actually hope they do. Remember Texas Tech with Mark Adams, whenever they just let a guy coach a formerly pretty good coach's players and they have some success, and then, well, we see how well that worked out in the end. So uh, I don't think Kansas would take the Jeremy Case route. I think that they would. Uh, I think that they would do a coaching search, and that's the right move. 
at Travius99, how much credit do you give Marcus Garrett for the creation of Dewan Harris? It's a good point. Uh, probably some credit. I mean, it seems like Kansas is pretty much now, you know, a, a defensive point guard university. So, I mean, so here's the thing. Marcus Garrett was a great defensive player, but Dewan Harris, I think, is a better basketball player. Harris is a better shooter. Harris is a better passer. And Garrett was really good at a lot of that stuff. But I think Dewan Harris, by the time he's done, will be a better player than uh, than Dewan Harris or than Marcus Garrett was. But it is interesting because obviously that's who Dewan Harris was around whenever he was a freshman. And now they do have some similar defensive tendencies. At air underscore wick nine, how much would it be to watch every single game at the Big 12 tournament? I'm a Jayhawk living in Indianapolis, and the environment there looks amazing. Yeah, Nick, we always talk about going, and we haven't yet, but you gotta lo- you gotta love this atmosphere. Yeah, for sure, it's great. At least uh, it'll pick up in the the next two days when the games actually matter a little bit more. But uh, it's it's yes. cool, especially I mean to see what like your marks doing. Like we just talked about how they're having like cool like new like menu items for each of the teams and how they're having Shaquille O'Neal perform on Saturday like KU did at late night and uh, just all these collaborations obviously your mark sees this as an opportunity to be more than just a basketball event and more of like a community event and embrace like Kansas City coming together for this so I think it's pretty cool oh I think it's great yes and I'm with you I think that uh, we, we looked in at tickets to this and, and we decided not to buy them until seeing Thursday play out because we didn't want to buy tickets for Friday and have the Jayhawks lose. And they got Iowa State, which is one of the most expensive combinations of tickets you can. So we've decided to probably not go. But eventually, I'd love to get down there with this group. It is one of the most fun tournaments in all of college basketball. And it looks like that every, t- every year they put tickets on sale. I think that the full session usually winds up being about $250 or so that you can buy from the official website and then they throw their stupid communistic fees on you and all that crap yep. but still it's 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 well worth it and if you just want to go experience the atmosphere you can get in the wednesday night first round for like eight dollars most years uh but yes everybody should should check it out every jayhawk fan should check out the big 12 tournament all right here's a here's a good one from at stefan timmy 17 rank the big 12 eats food items from one to ten we kind of ran through them earlier we don't have to rank them all one to ten because we're really not that i think i think we should rank them all one to ten i've been looking over this i'm kind of hungry right now i've been looking at them on the website uh so i think i'm prepared to answer this question 20 miles is the K-State Wabash hot dog. The pictures don't even look good. It looks terrible. No, it it doesn't look like relish. It looks like grape jellies on top of it. Yes, grape jelly is a good call. It's terrible. That is last place. You you take the wheel and roll through it now because as long as that's 10, I'm good. Yeah, so I think it's easier just to go from 1 to 10 than it is going backwards. So number one, I am going to give it to the Texas Tech Mask Rider Burger. They've got a nice onion on top of it. Looks looks like a nice Kaiser bun. Um, got some jalapenos on it, a little spice. They also have a side of beans. Um, overall, looks like a great dish. Um, number nine, I will say, is the West Virginia Mountaineer Roll. It looks like pastrami or like just like a hot pocket. <laughs> so uh, I don't yep. think I'd order a hot pocket at a uh, con- food concessions at a, a sports venue. Um, Big Twelve Dog looks really weird to me. Just looks like something you'd. Like if you were in a, the back of a 
a kitchen at Culver's and you picked stuff up that that fell on the floor and put it on a on a hot dog. Kind of looks like <laughs> what that would look like. Um, then next, I would probably say um, the Cyclone Tenderloin is probably eight. You know, I'm a big I'm a big fan of sandwiches. It's like a pork tenderloin sandwich, but it just, man, mustard on a on a pork sandwich with may uh, I don't know. It just looks it looks doesn't look appeasing at all to me. Um, Agreed. And then you move forward. Probably the next least interesting is the storming from Norman Taco. Looks too I think messy. That one looks to okay. Eat. It looks yeah, okay, it sure but does. it looks a little bit too messy to eat at a sports venue. Oh, sorry. Uh, Pistol Pete's OSU fried corn is probably really down towards the bottom as well. It, it they put Doritos on top of a corn fried corn. There is some queso in it and some avocado apparently, but that looks it looks disgusting. It looks like the chicken tenders from last year that are going to give you massive oh, explosive diarrhea. Um, they did something else that looks like it's gonna it looks like Pepto Bismol is drained on this. The TCU loaded tots have a very pink. Right something sauce on sour cream purple sour cream yep. on top of it um purple so that's probably cream. in the middle somewhere longhorn quesadilla. not just quesadilla. purple cream purple sour cream but horn frog purple sour cream it says <laughs> the longhorn quesadilla is probably closer to the top i'm a good sucker for it. this quesadilla looks pretty good got some marinara sauce or salsa rojo sauce that's number two it. in my book that looks like number that's two the, after yeah. the burger yeah it looks great uh, what KU's am I entry oh, the Baylor, looks good. The Baylor, yeah, the KU's mac and cheese with like brisket on it looks great. The Baylor float, you can't go wrong with uh, ice cream float. I would replace it with root beer instead of Dr. Pepper. I don't really like Dr. Pepper, but you can't go wrong with ice cream. Um, so yeah, I think I think overall it's pretty cool. But some of these are the K State Wabash Cannon Dog. <laughs> <laughs> that looks worse than some school lunches I had, and I went to school in a public the public school education. So, oof, yeah, that is painful. Uh, okay, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna zip through this real quick. Tenth uh, is the Kansas State Wabash Cannon Dog. That looks absolutely freaking awful. Nine is the OSU Fried Corn. Um, eight is the we're gonna go with TCU Loaded Tots at eight. We're gonna go with the uh, Stormin Oklahoma Taco at number seven. We're going to go with the tenderloin at number six. And then the top five, we're going to put, uh, let's see here. We're going to put the, um, hmm, what do I want to put at number five? I want to put the Baylor float at number five. I want to put the Kansas mac and cheese at number four. I want to put the uh, Longhorn quesadilla at number three. I'll put the West Virginia pepperoni roll at two, and I'm going to put the Texas Tech burger at one. Those top four feel like they're a class by themselves. Good question, though. Yeah. Always love going through those. Those were great. Um, at Olhart Casey, what restaurant has the best bread to eat when you're waiting for your food? Ooh. Ooh. Okay, I have an answer. Texas Roadhouse. That's that. If you're going for bread, that does Fazoli's count? Fazoli's... Uh, uh, breadsticks yes fazoli's oh, i forgot about them yeah i mean it'd be hard to beat that fazoli's the amount of butter they put on those breadsticks oh, oh my it's gosh. diabetes in, in bread form <laughs> but it's good it tastes delicious no doubt They're about so that good, man that brings back so many childhood memories Right, yeah, I live in Olathe, and they just closed the uh, the Fazoli's that is in Olathe. So now I got to drive all oh, the way really? out to almost Leewood for it. Yes, wow. And I will still go they there closed the one in Hutchinson good. about ten years ago. So yeah, 
I, it doesn't seem like the cleanest restaurant, but that pepperoni, I would eat the breadsticks off the floor. I don't care. The fettuccine At wasn't Elliot great, Rusin. but, uh, if they put the Olive Garden fettuccine with the, uh, with the, oh. the, uh, breadsticks from Fazoli's, I would be fantastic. Agreed. Uh, three or two questions left at Elliot Rusin H one. If each college basketball team in the country got the best version of every single player that has ever played there, who would you have for KU and who would win the national tournament? I mean, the best ver- North Carolina would be up there. Um, who would Kansas's all five be? I mean, if you the best version of every single player that has played there. So I'm assuming I can take like Joel Embiid here because he's the best version of Joel Embiid is <laughs> 30 points a game a night. Joel Embiid in the NBA. Who's on KU's team? It's Wiltz. It's Embiid. It's I don't know Danny Manning. What type of list are we talking about again? All-time best five KU players, and if you did the exact same thing for every college basketball team, who would win the national tournament? I'm going to say North Carolina for having Michael Jordan. Or Kentucky, yeah. Kentucky would have, yeah. Kentucky, Kansas, North Carolina, Duke. UCLA, they would all be, I mean, UCLA is right up there as well with some of the. I mean, UCLA's titles were all back in a certain era, though, so I don't know. Yeah, but they've had some modern, like they, I mean, they had Kevin Love, they had um, uh, Russell Westbrook, Lonzo Ball. I Okay, now I'm probably reaching at this point. Um, last question from Grilled by Bill. What is more likely to happen for the rest of the year? Ernest Uday makes a free throw or KJ Adams makes a mid-range jumper? Yeesh. Adams Yeesh. mid-range. Yes, Ernest is not a good free throw shooter. If you ever have Ask RCBs, use the Twitter hashtag AskRCB. All right, so we move on now to preview a semifinal event. Number one, Kansas against number five, Iowa State. A Friday night showdown in the T-Mobile Center, 6 o'clock p.m. on the tip. Iowa State is 19-12 and 12 overall. They split the first two matchups with Kansas. You should know about this by now. Jaron Holmes and Gabe Kalsher are the wings. Tamon Lipsy is the point guard. Osun Osanini, Trey King, and Alias Kunz are the bigs. So, you know these players. You know what their game is. We don't have to really break that down. Tell me what you're looking for in this showdown. What do you think has to go right for Kansas to win this game? Yeah, I, I think that Kansas is going to need to... I mean, I would say score the ball, but Iowa State, I think, coming off of the game against Baylor where they did shoot the ball pretty well. This is not a good offensive Iowa State team. Most of their games have been gritty, grinded out win in the 50s. I think if Kansas, for Kansas to win, I think getting to 60 points, I think that will do it in this game. I think that, you know, it's it's tough to say after KU started so poorly against West Virginia, but I think this game might be a slog. TC or Iowa State's coming off of a good shooting game. KU in the second half off of a good shooting game. I think it could be sloppy, uh, and its defenses might prevail in the early part of this game, but I think KU, uh, I, I like KU's chances more with their offense, especially Iowa State without Caleb Grill uh, now, but I, I think that a lot of the af- emphasis and effort is going to be have to be on Kansas guarding um, Gabe Kalsher. They always seem to have troubles guarding Gabe Kalsher. 
Um, yep. So yeah. Yep. Kalsher's the important one there because he was their best player today. He made five threes. He's the guy that you absolutely have to play well. Um, and the key with Iowa State is Lipsy. He's an excellent point guard. Post the one Harris like numbers. He's not going to go for 20 points. However, what he is going to do is control the flow of the game. And they absolutely have to do a good job keeping him in check. If he plays poorly, you can get them really off their game. If he's playing well, Iowa State's really tough to beat. I am ultimately going to trust that DeWan Harris gets him off his game a little bit more than they did whenever they went to Ames. The game in Lawrence was a squeaker, and then they got blown out pretty good in the game in Ames, Iowa. So, round number three. Some some stats about that. Kansas and Iowa State have split six total Big 12 tournament matchups against each other, but Kansas started 3-0, and Iowa State has won each of the last three showdowns. 2014 in the semis, 2015 in the championship, and 2019 in the championship. All the time, Kansas is 15-6 in the semifinal round of the Big 12 tournament. What happens in this game? Let's get an official prediction from you. What happens in the semifinals? I think Kansas is going to win this game 65-57. to 57. I think, like I alluded to earlier, Iowa State, I think just after you know the, the drama with Caleb Grill losing him, I think it's things are just finally going to wane on this team. They've only had their luck. They've, they made Baylor their daddy, but I think the rest of the conference, they've really struggled as of late. I think that persists in this game. I think Kansas' offense is a little bit too more a little bit more dynamic than Iowa State's. They have fewer options. It seems like Gabe Kalsher has given them most of the, the high-quality points, um, mixed in with some of the St. Bonaventure guys. But I, I think that Kansas will find a way, particularly with the bigs. I think Ernest Uday is going to get a lot of run in this game. I think KG Adams, looking confident, is going to, to be a presence. Kansas thinking to win on the glass, win in the paint. I'd be interested to see if Grady Dick can continue the shooting, if you know Jalen Wilson continues what he did in the last game. I think they will. I think Kansas edges Iowa State out to get in the, the Big 12 championship game. Yeah, I agree. And I think that I I think that Kansas wins this game by a little bit more than than you do. I think that Kansas is going to win this game by a, not as many points as they beat West Virginia by, but about 10. I'm going to say Kansas 77, Iowa State 67. I think that this is a KU team that's focused. I think that they're better than Iowa State. They just have more talent. They need to protect the basketball and not turn it over a bunch. We've talked about this a thousand times with Iowa State. They don't shoot a great percentage from the floor, but where they get their money's worth is they make the other team turn the ball over so much that Iowa State gets 20 more shots per game than their opponents do half the time, it feels like. Protect the ball and you'll be fine. The environment should be very close to a 50-50. It's going to be like a bowl game in college with how it's going to be split down the middle between Kansas and Iowa State fans. But ultimately, I think that KU has the best two players, and I think that both of those guys show up in this game, Jayhawks by 10, to get to the title game. All right, now let's talk about who they're going to be playing in the title game. Uh, TCU now up 11 on Kansas State, so it's looking like they have a pretty good path to do this. So go ahead and give me a hypothetical winner for both potential matchups. Number 7, Texas, against, if it happens, number 22, TCU. I will go with the Horn Frogs to upset the Longhorns. Yeah, uh, I will uh, go with. I'll actually go with Texas. Sorry, I think Texas is going to get a revenge, a revenge game on TCU for the last outing. I think Kansas and Texas, the two best teams in the conference, seems pretty clear at this point. Will be playing each other on Saturday night. 
And if Texas plays K-State, you're going to keep your pick? Because I still will, t- will take K-State to be Texas. Either way, I think K- I think Texas goes down. Yeah. You, you're going with, if K-State plays Texas, you'll take the, who do you want? I'll, t- I'll take Texas. Okay. Uh, in other games, we have a handful of uh, semifinal and quarterfinal games to pick. Buckle up. Number 21, Duke versus number 14, Miami in the ACC semis. Long winning streak for the Blue Devils. Do they keep it up? I do. I, th- I think they do. I think Miami beats them. I think Miami's the best team in the conference. Number 13, Virginia against Clemson. I will go with the Cavaliers. That's boring and not fun. I wish Duke and Miami was the title game, but I think the Cavs win. Yeah. Oregon against number two Colorado as we go into the Pac-12 semifinals. Uh, or number two Colorado, sorry. That is Oregon against number two UCLA in the Pac-12 semis. We want the Bruins, right? Yep. And then the other half of the Pac-12, number 10 Arizona, or number eight Arizona rather, will play either Arizona State or USC. I will go with the Wildcats either way. Yeah, Arizona. Big East, number 11, UConn against number 6, Marquette. This is a good game. This probably should be the championship. I will go with Shaka's Golden Eagles. I think they win. I think Marquette loses. Okay. I like it. And in the other half of the bracket, Xavier against number 24, Creighton. Uh, I will go with the Blue Jays to stay hot. Uh, Xavier. Uh, let's go on to the SEC. We got four games here. Mississippi State versus number 4, Alabama. We want the Crimson Tide, correct? Yes. Uh, number 17, Tennessee against number 25, Missouri. Uh, this feels like whenever Tennessee gets their revenge on that random fluky 35-footer that yep. sunk them earlier this year. Yep, I think we want the Tigers. Arkansas against number 18, Texas A&M. I'll go upset here. I'll take Arkansas and an upset. Texas A&M. Vanderbilt against number 23, Kentucky. Kentucky. Uh, yes, I think Kentucky's my pick to win this uh, this tournament. I think they have the best chance to ultimately get it done. I think they take down Vandy. And now, four final games in the Big Ten. Quarterfinal round begins on Friday. Rutgers against the top seed in the tournament number five, Purdue. I assume we all want the Boilermakers. Yes. Ohio State versus Michigan State. Good run for the Cyclo- or Cyclones. Good run for the uh, for the Buckeyes. Does it end here? It does. Yes, agreed. Penn State against Northwestern. I will go with the Tigers. They are the Tigers. The Nittany Lions. They are playing well, and I think they keep their magic run going. Northwestern. And uh, last game, Maryland against number 19, Indiana, in the Big 12 quarterfinals. Who takes that one? Terps. Interesting. Okay, I will go with the Hoosiers. I think they're the second best team there. All right, so tomorrow night you're getting a video podcast. The three of us are all going to watch the game in the same house, um, and we'll get to watch. Uh, you'll get to see us do a video show, which should be pretty interesting. We're going to post that right after the conclusion of Kansas Iowa State, and then it will still be posted on your podcast feeds the same way uh, that uh, that every other show you listen to is. All right, sounds like a plan. Big Twelve semifinal Friday tomorrow. The sense at the paint. I'm Ryan Landreth. I'm Nick Wiper. Landon will be back, we think, tomorrow, and uh, hopefully the Jayhawks will be back in the championship. Somebody say goodbye. Bye. Bye, Landon.